Say this with me. This is my Bible. The Bible is God speaking to me. And it is the truth. It tells me what to believe. It tells me what to think. It tells me how what to say. And also in it is the path to eternal life. And Father, we are grateful for the word of God. We thank you it is a lamp unto our feet and light unto our path. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out your mouth. And so in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, we yield to you now. You are the great revealer. You are the revelator. We ask you to teach us today and open our understanding. We give you all the praise and glory for it, Father, for whatever is revealed. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone in agreement with this prayer said, Amen. Amen. As you're seated, open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10, please. Praise God. Am I confirming 1125 or is it 15? Which one you want? 25. All right. Praise the Lord. We're going to uh, minister here to you on this. Keep your eyes on the prize. Everybody say, keep your eyes on the prize. You know, uh, and rightly so, but unfortunately what happens with people who get taught some of the full measure about faith in God's word, they kind of settle up on, well, believe in God for your healing. Yes, that's right. And uh, prosper financially, be protected for uh, dangers that come your way, and other promises and blessings, and they are so and they are right but unfortunately sometimes we get them in the wrong place because that's not the primary issue the primary issue is something else and let's read here beginning here with uh, praise God hallelujah if I had a little more time I'd go a little further but uh, this will do good enough verse 35 he said cast not away therefore your parousias the Greek word for confidence Okay, amen, your all-outspokenness. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense or reward. In other words, praise God, there is a reward that will come. For you have need of patient endurance. That word patient, praise God. Hallelujah. Why? So that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. What is the promise? Eternal life. That's the promise he's talking about. Hallelujah. If you were to back up, praise God, and again, like I said, I don't, don't have the time to do it, but if you were to back up a little bit and you would see he talks about some of the things that you have to deal with when you decide that you're going to live to receive eternal life. He says here, praise God, for example, in verse 33, partially while you were made a gazing stop, both by reproaches and afflictions and partly while you became companions of them that were so used. Well, he's talking about how people are treated when they make themselves believers, praise God, when they receive Jesus Christ. He said, for ye have had compassion of me and my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. In other words, that people took things away from you because you were born again. Knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an endurance substance. And that word substance there, wealth. There's something that you're going to receive that is worth far more than the natural monies 
or the things that you may lose because you have made a decision for Christ. That's why he said, cast not away your confidence and that you need to have patient endurance. Now we see what kind of endurance that even after that, as long as you do the will of God, you shall receive the promise. For yet a little while, Jesus will come. He'll not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. Live by faith here means, praise God, a lifetime of faith. Not a, I need to use my faith to get healed. I need to use my faith to, uh, uh, you know, have some miracle happen to me. That's a, there's a proper place for that. But particularly what he's talking about is that faith is a lifestyle. God is not Santa Claus. Uh, are you following me? A lifestyle of faith, and the word faith, piss, just means trust, confidence, belief, reliance, assurance, praise God. Amen. So they shall have a lifetime of faith, but if any man draws back. Now the hupostale is the Greek word for draw back, and it means to shrink into apostasy. Now take these verses down, because I'm just going to tell you where they are. Because what you're supposed to do when you hear a message on, on Sunday from your pastor, God is speaking to you at the first day of the week to let you know the rest of the week, this is what I want you to meditate on. This is what I want you to target. This is what I want you to pray over and get that message down in you. Amen. Because God always warns and God always helps and God always does the things necessary and why people need to come to church so you can find out what my orders are for the week. Are you listening to me? Now, if you looked at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, I'm not going to turn to it, but what it says there is at the end of days that there is a great falling away from following God of believers. Amen. And it talks about it, this great falling away, what happened right at the very latter time, just before you start having certain things happen. The rapture of the church, the bringing forth of the Antichrist, tribulation period, great sorrow on the earth, amen. Other things that will happen. And so we are living, of course, in what the scripture describes as end of days, later times or latter times. The word latter is actually later times, praise the Lord. We know that because of certain things, which, of course, I'd encourage you to get a series I teach on it. And you'll find out more about that. But he says here, praise God, uh, amen. The just shall have a lifetime, lifetime of faith and they will not shrink away. They will not get over into apostasy, praise the Lord, amen. Because individual that does that, my soul, God says, shall have no eudicale, no pleasure in him. Now I'd underline that right there because that's big. That means, that word in the Greek means have God think well of you and it means that God will approve you because you can be a believer and God not be pleased with you. You can be a believer and when God looks at you, he's not thinking well of you. Now he is from the, from the standpoint of you are my son or daughter but your actions can certainly bring disapproval. I mean, you understand what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. 
some of the teachings that's gone on for years now uh, is that everything is just hunky-dory. God is just good. Well, there's another side. God is good. Hallelujah. There's also a side of God right here in this chapter. I don't have time to go, go into it. Amen. In fact, if you read in verse 30, I will read it. Uh, if you go back to chapter 10, for we know him that have said, vengeance belongeth to me, I will recompense, say of the Lord, or I will return what you did. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. He's talking about his own people. Elsewhere it says that judgment begins at the house of God, where we're the center up here. Okay, amen. So there is another side to this issue that you need to understand. Praise the Lord. Now, let's go on and read, read some more. But we are not of them who draw back into perdition. Praise God. Apollonia, praise God, which means back to a pernicious ways. Back to ruin and loss. In other words, real believers that have a lifetime of faith do not go backwards. Can I get through your hallelujah, somebody? They do not go backwards, praise God. Now, chapter 11, verse 1 says, so also, this is one continuing, uh, amen, men put the chapter division so that I could tell you where to find something. Amen. But this is one continuous narrative he's talking about. Also here, faith or pistis, trust, confidence, belief, reliance, assurance is the substance of things hoped for. Now that word substance is hypostasis, and it means it is the foundation. It, it is the support. Praise God. When we built this church, the first thing we did was we laid a what? Foundation here. If the foundation is not solid, then everything else we would have built here would not last. Amen. Amen. If we had a bad foundation, the building would leave. We had a bad foundation, I don't care what you build here, in time, that the key word's time, in time you will have trouble. Now he says the foundation that you should have should be in your trust, confidence, and belief in God that will take you through even when you're the gazing stock, even when they're trying to take your money or your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. And where do we get faith? Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and constantly hearing. That's one of the reasons why he says actually in chapter 10 to make sure that you go to church as often as you can. He says that in verse 1025, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Hallelujah. We, pay, we pass by just down the road, probably about five minutes here. Coming here, there is raining hard out there. They're on the soccer field playing soccer. And I said to the driver, praise God, I said, well, yeah, you know, they can play soccer in bad weather and people can't come to church. Amen. Hallelujah, somebody. Well, see, and that tells you what kind of foundation they have. Shaky one. Amen. We'll keep going. And so faith is the foundation of things that we hope for. Of course, we know that hope is a confident expectation of things that we expect. Uh, amen. That foundation floor of our trust and confidence about the prize. The prize is what? Eternal life. 
That's the prize. If you live here 120 years, we well, say, oh man, you old, you lived a long time. But 120 years next to eternity is not even a spit in the bucket. Folks, this is just an audition you got right here now. Hallelujah, somebody. So he goes on to say, so faith is the foundation floor of our confident expectation of eternal life. Our faith for us in the word of God, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, is our proof of things we don't see. Sure may not be look like things are working right now. Sure looks like things are going in the wrong direction. Sure looks like the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Hello, somebody. But praise God, we know for us eternal life and everything's going to be all right. Shout amen, somebody. He said, for by it, that is faith in that eternal life, the elders obtained a good witness. And it was through faith, amen. It's because of our foundation for floor. It's because of our faith in the word of God and in God. We have understanding that the world's were framed by the word of God, thoroughly completed by God's word. How did God do it? He did it through his rhema, his spoken word. Praise the Lord. So that things which we now see were not made of things we currently see. In other words, out of nothing, God spoke it and it came to pass. And hallelujah, anything God says to you, he can make something out of nothing. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. And then he gives some examples here that are very important. He said, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Well, we read that, then we better go back and see that. Go to Genesis chapter 4 quickly. Praise God. Hallelujah. He offered a more excellent sacrifice. Now, the word in the Greek, more excellent, means more in quantity more in number, more in quality than he did. Hallelujah. Well, let's read just a little bit about it. Let's begin here with verse 4. And Abel also, he brought up the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. Remember, praise God, this is an agricultural society. And so they didn't have coinage yet. They didn't have dollars yet. And so a man's wealth was measured by cattle, gold, crops, these types of things that people would trade, amen? And so this is what he does. Abel brought the firstling. He brought, praise God, that which was firstborn. And of the fat thereof, the fat thereof means he brought the richest proud part. And the Lord had regard unto Abram and to his offering. And to Cain, his offering, he didn't have much respect. Now, both of them brought offerings. But one offering was a little different than the other offering. One was better in quantity. One was better in number. And one was better in quality. And that's what the tide is. Amen. See, the tide is the first. The tide is the best. The tide is supposed to be the first thing you take. When anything hits your hand, you set God's money aside. And it's very interesting to note here that what he talks about when he starts, the first people, well, first person he talks about is Abel. You notice that the first person he doesn't talk about is Abraham or Moses or someone else. 
The first person he talks about is Abel. And the first thing he talks about here is what Abel did with his wealth. First Timothy 6.10, love of money is the what? Root of all evil. Amen. What do you think all this pandemic foolishness is about? It's about money. It's about billions of dollars pharmaceutical companies are making. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not going to get over into that. Praise God. I'm going to leave that alone. But there's some serious money going on out here. Hallelujah. And see, money is serious to people. Now, people might be about a whole lot of things, but you want to know where a man is, all you need to do is follow the money. Ooh, I'm preaching better. I'm getting amen. So he offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. That was the basis. God testifying of his gifts. You mean God was talking about what this man's doing? God was speaking about his gift? Amen. And he being dead yet speaketh, meaning what? Is that yes, what he did is still going on. When you leave here, your tithes and your offerings will still be working. Hallelujah, people are still getting saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. The word of God still going out because money is important. Amen, praise God. Then he goes on to say, by faith Enoch was translated. Now, praise God. Let me, uh, okay, Lord, I got to go back to Abel one more thing. Praise the Lord. I want you to write this down too. Turn to uh, Revelations chapter 3. In fact, I'm, a, I'm just going to turn over and read it. Amen. He gave me that extra 10 minutes. Let me use it. Praise God. <laughs> Let me use it. All right, Revelation chapter 3. Let's go read it. Give me three more hallelujahs, please. There are seven churches in Asia Minor, John. John, the Lord gave him a vision of the end days, end of time, what would happen. Amen. And these seven churches in Asia Minor, five of them, Jesus had some serious things to say about he was not pleased. There were two of them, one in particular, but there were two of them, praise God, that uh, he commended. Amen. Now, let's take a look here. Let's begin here, praise God, and uh, let's see about the ones that he didn't commend. Chapter 3, let's read verse 14. Unto the angel of the church of the Lady of Seans, right. These things save he the amen, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. And note what Jesus says first, and he says this to every church. I know your works. In other words, I'm looking at everything that you're doing. You are neither cold nor hot. I would that you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm. My wife and I were at the restaurant the other day. And they, uh, my wife loves coffee. Amen. In fact, she has a sign above uh, uh, the coffee station at, uh, at our house. I drink coffee for your protection. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so we, we went to this restaurant and they gave us some lukewarm, we tasted it, they gave us some lukewarm coffee. 
Now, how many, how many don't want lukewarm coffee? If you're going to drink some coffee, you want it to be hot, right? Now, amen. So we told, we told that girl, you got to get us some hot coffee. Well, that's the way the Lord feels about it. So when he tasted your lukewarm, he said, now, either all the way in or all the way out. Let's continue. Praise God. He says in verse 17, because you say I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and naked. This church of the Lady of Sins was a wealthy church, but they were not titers. They were lukewarm. They were not zealous. You know, only about 80% uh, 20% rather or less of Christians tithe it's 20% or less and so all the work of God is being carried by 20% or less people now this is going to be important where I'm going with this let's go to verse 7 and the angel of the church of Philadelphia write these things save he that is holy he that is true he that hath the key of David, he that openeth for no man shutteth, and shutteth for no man openeth. I know thy works. He says that to every church. I have set before you an open door that no man can shut it, because you have a little bit of strength, and you have kept my word. Now, the word kept, therio in the Greek, means to guard by keeping your eyes on it. Amen. You are guarding yourself. You are guarding the word in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. You're keeping your eyes fashioned to that word. Praise the Lord. Well, he said, no door can be closed on you. You have kept my word and you have not rejected my onomus, the word for name. You have not rejected my authority in your life. Now, a lot of Christians, Jesus is their savior but he is not their authority. He's not their Lord. What does Lord mean? Lord means he can tell you where to go, when to go, how to go, at what time to go, praise God. In other words, he is in total control because there are three words that get Christians in total trouble. I think or I feel. Instead of he said Amen. The church of Laodicea and the other ones, the five that Jesus had serious trouble with were rejected because of those three words. Two eyes, of course, but same one word. They thought, they felt, so they did things their own way. Well, he says here, you have not rejected my onoma. Goes on in verse 9. Behold, I will make of them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews or covenant people and really are not. They lie, behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. In other words, ultimately, praise God, when you get the prize, everything is going to be brought before you and they're going to have to kneel to Jesus and all that are with Jesus in heaven. He goes on to say, because thou hast kept the word of my patience. Now this underline was coming up. I also will keep thee from the hour of test and trial, 
which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. What is he talking about here? I will keep you from the tribulation period. What he's talking about here, praise the Lord, is that you will be taken up. You will be raptured. But not all believers will be raptured. Only those who have kept his authority. Well, somebody said, but the Bible says that, the, you know, that the, we are not appointed to wrath. How about reading the whole context? Hallelujah. Amen. God intends for all his believers to go up. But whether or not they go up or not is depending on what they do. Hallelujah. The other five churches had sexual immorality that would not be repented of. Had false doctrine and false teaching, like a lot of stuff running around. Where you can do whatever you want, and just grace and just cover it. False teaching. That was in those churches. Are you listening to me? You had the Lady Oceans, praise God, that money was more important than doing the service of God. Hallelujah. Don't think that you cannot listen to God, not obey God, be outside the will of God, and still get rewarded. Don't work like that. Let's go back to Hebrews 11. Amen. Thank you for the extra 10 minutes there, Brother Carrick. So. They may not want to hear that, but that was <laughs> Hallelujah. Hebrews 11 chapter, praise God. Let me go on back over here. By faith, Enoch was translated. Now, the word translated means he was caught up, raptured. Okay? So the first thing we see is Abel. Then we see Enoch. Now, Enoch was translated or transferred or raptured that he should not see death. And he was not found because God transferred him. Why? For before. See, before his translation, he had this testimony, and here is the requirement to be raptured, that he pleased God. That's the requirement. Well, so how do you please God? You please God by finding out what he wants you to do. Get to doing it. Decide not to be waylaid by it. In other words, don't let Satan stop you from doing it. Hallelujah. When that word of the Lord comes to you, praise God, about what God has for you and what he wants you to do, uh, amen, Satan's going to do these things against you in Mark chapter 4. Jesus said Satan will bring with affliction, persecution, cares of this world, or distractions, deceitfulness of riches, not riches, amen, but being deceived by them, that's what happened with the latest in church, or lust of other things. That word lust means an inordinate strong desire for, amen. In other words, you can lust for things, not just sex. Lust is anytime you have anything, you say, I just gotta have it. And it moves you away from doing what God wants you to do at the right time and right place. Amen? Praise God. Now, verse 6, is still he's still talking about the same subject. See, he's translated because he pleased God. And, of course, you will find him in Genesis 5.22, Enoch. In Genesis 5.22, it says that Enoch walked with God. Amen? Babe, come up here real quick. Babe, come on. 
Come on. Come walk with me. <laughs> Enoch walked with God. Guess what? We side by side. Amen. See, if she's not walking with me, it means she's going So I'm trying to go this way, and she's going someplace else. Right? In order for her to walk with me, she's got to stay with me. She's got to stay close to me. Hallelujah. We've got to be going in the same direction. Amen. We have agreement that's going on between us. Okay, amen. Isn't she lovely? Isn't she wonderful? So guess what? Walking with God means, this is why it's translated, walking with God means that I'm obedient. I don't find out which way he's going. This requires time. It requires prayer. It requires obedience. It requires faith. Hallelujah. And it requires being willing to be patient and go through something. And anybody doing something for God knows you're going to go through something. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's, let's finish this up here. Thank you, Jesus. But he says, but without faith, without trust and confidence and belief, I own the prize. It is not possible to please God. He that cometh to God, there's that please. Now, the word please means to be gratified entirely. God wants to be gratified from your life. Amen. Amen. You're not here for God uh, to bless and take care of you. You are here for you to bless God. And because you bless God, blessings come your way. Understand the difference? See, you are here on earth for a reason. That's why you're here. So if you are not serving God, then how in the world do you expect to get rewarded? How do you expect to be caught up and God's going this way and you're either sitting or you're going in the wrong direction? So without faith, trust, confidence, belief, assurance, it's not possible to gratify God. He that approaches God must believe he is God, not yourself being God. Humanism teaches man is the highest thing. It's all the isms, socialism, communism, all of them are about man is the highest. Only have to give account to man. God really doesn't really exist or it's just some hokey old religion. And that we don't have to abide by what he says or what he writes. We do what we feel. Hallelujah. Used to be, a, if it feels good, do it. Okay, amen. But God's got standards. Absolutely. He says you have sex only with the one you're married to. He says your first income comes, 10% plus comes to him. He says you seek him daily, acknowledge him in all your ways, and you allow him to direct your path. Glory to God, and much more. So you have a choice to live either the world's way or God's way. It's like with Israel in Deuteronomy 28. He said, if you will hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, all these blessings shall come upon you. 
Oh, now you'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed in the, in, in the basket and store. All the, way, all the way to to the point where you will be someone who lends and don't ever have to borrow. There's nothing old on this church. This church and all this ground is free of debt. The day you walked in here was free of debt. Hallelujah. The mother church, praise God. This church comes from all of it's free of debt. Everything in our ministry is free of debt. Our aircraft is free of debt. We did, when, when the government's handing out money, we said we don't want none. If we couldn't get it from God, we don't want it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Why did I say that? Because that's what God really wants. That's Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28 is that you will be those who lend and not borrow. But the curse was, and you read Deuteronomy 28, for every blessing, there are three curses. One of those curses was you would be a borrower. That's what happened to America. We're now a debtor nation. Amen. Trillions, 20 trillion in debt. You know this nation used to be a nation that was a one that lent and didn't borrow. That all changed when it walked away from God's way. Okay, let me finish up. Praise God. So without faith, it's not possible to please God. He that comes to God must believe he is and that he is a rewarder. But the context of the reward he's really talking about is the eternal life. To keep your eye on the prize. That he is a rewarder of them that diligently seeks him by faith, Noah. Amen. Being warned of God, my last one. Being warned of God of things not seen as of yet. God's warning his people now what time it is. What did he do? He moved with fear. So he didn't just push it away. No, he moved with fear. When God speaks, God always warns his people in advance. Hallelujah. He moved with fear. He prepared. He acted on what God said. He prepared and acted a saving of his soul by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. He did what he was told. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out to a place, got to follow your calling which he should after receive an inheritance he will receive the blessing after he does the calling amen he did what obeyed he went out not even knowing how this was going to turn out and by faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange city he dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob the heirs of him the same promise it wasn't always blessings he had to live in tents now he's going to wind up being rich we're going to wind up reading Genesis 26 and 1 Abram, Abraham was blessed in all things so he's going to be blessing his money and blessing his body and blessing his children and blessing everything but for a while he had to operate in tents and live in the wilderness. It's not always hunky-dory. Hello, somebody. Praise God. That sometimes you got to walk through some stuff. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. But guess what? He looked for a city. Verse 10. This is the end of our message. He looked forward to a city whose foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He had his eyes on the prize. That's what allowed him to keep going when he was intense. That's what allowed him when he was having to deal with nomads and kings and people who were trying to come up against him. Hallelujah. He kept his eyes on the prize. Thank God the Lord's helping me through all this. But at the end of the day, what I don't want to lose is eternal life. Stand up with me, please. Praise God. You know what you want to be? You want to be Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, verse 20 is what? The word of God came to four different types of people, but they all heard the word. This is a parable about Christians. But only one of the four was good ground, verse 20. You want to be good ground. Good ground means productive ground in Jesus' name. Let's lift our hands and thank God for the word. Praise God. Father, we praise and thank you for the word.